Hi there. I'm Michael, and this is the Dead Man's Forest, a weekly conversation about how we can be more fully, how we can exist more fully, if that's a thing. I suppose it's also a conversation about if that's a thing. Getting up to the mountain today was a frustrating experience. They're doing construction on the road, and the place where I normally park is was blocked off. So I had to drive further than I normally did, and then I had to walk through the woods to try and find a place. Uh, and it's a it's a wild woods. There's lots of underbrush, and and I don't I'm not that familiar with it. I don't know where the trails are. And as I was kind of crashing through the underbrush, I could hear the backup alarms of the bulldozers that were ripping down trees in the uh, original place where I would record. And so I feel like it was metaphorical, like man desperately crashing through the woods, running from some technological enemy. But I found a place, I think it's pretty remote. A little bird, you can probably hear him there in the tree, has come over to check me out and chirp at me. But the frustration that I feel about what it took to get here is something I'm going to need to let go in order to have a good conversation today. So I'm going to take a few minutes to do that right now. Let's try this again. Hi there. I'm Michael Marvash, and this is The Dead Man's Forest, a weekly conversation about what it means to exist and how we can exist as fully as possible. In the last few conversations, we've talked about connection and the ego. And I want to give a couple examples that I hope will put the following conversation in a little bit of context for you. The first example is an example of how you are an active participant in all of the things that you experience. So let's look at a sunrise. We see a sunrise on the horizon and, and we think, oh, that's, that's a beautiful, almost work of art that nature has created for us. You know, the sun slowly coming up and, and painting the sky, all of these vibrant colors that swirl and mix and move over and through one another like a living painting, as if the sky is the canvas that nature is painting on. And if you're fortunate enough to be able to see a sunrise from a, from a vantage point, from a high place, and you turn around, then you can see the light coming down over 
the landscape behind you as the sun's rays come over the horizon and spill onto the onto the world i'm thinking i'm thinking specifically of of a sunrise that i saw while i was in death valley and the entire the entire valley stretching for miles and miles and miles and the mountains behind it it was like the light just just poured down over them the point of this is not necessarily that the sunrise is beautiful but the point of it is that the sunrise does not exist without you without a, an observer a sunrise is three things it's the position of the the earth the horizon it's the position of the sun and it's your position in relation to those two things and if you take you out of the picture if, we, if you remove the observer, there is no sunrise. There's simply the earth and the sun. This is an example of one of the ways in which we are connected to the natural world. We are a part of the experiences that we have. Another example that I thought was particularly moving that I read in uh, Khalil Gibran, I think is the way to pronounce his name, his book, The Prophet, was... He said, when you crush the apple with your teeth, its fragrance becomes your breath. And I thought that was such a beautiful way of talking about how we become the things that we consume. We, we become the, the world that surrounds us. Not only the food that we eat, but the air that we breathe. And also the emotional flavor of the situations that we find ourselves in. Surely you have experienced becoming excited because the people around you are excited or angry because of a situation that you've encountered or sad because of the movie that you're watching or the book that you're reading. We take into ourselves bits and pieces of the world that surround us. We are intimately connected to everything. It becomes a part of us. And there are many philosophers that have taken this to the extreme. I have a book with me here called I Am That by a man named Sri Nisargadatta Maharaj. And I've begun to read it and the the core of his philosophy seems to be that our self, whatever that is, is at the core of all experiences that we have. That we are not creatures as much as we are the awareness or the consciousness in which the present moment happens. In the same way that you must be at a certain place in relation to the earth and the sun to experience the sunrise, you must be at a certain place in relation to everything to experience anything. And that is what you are. It reminded me, reading his book reminded me of the philosophy of Eckhart Tolle, which he first expressed in the book, The Power of Now. And he talks about how when you strip away all of the things that we identify with, 
as human beings, you are simply left with the experience of the present moment and that that is at its core what you are. Now, I'm not sure I agree with this kind of philosophy based on reading Maharaja's work and Tola's work. I have the perception whether or not it's accurate that that their philosophy has caused them to kind of dispassionately step back from engaging with the world around them. They seem not quite human to me. They seem almost more reptilian in the way they are so dispassionate about things. And, and I feel that passion, that excitement and love and anger, hatred and the frustration that I felt coming up over the mountain trying to get away from those bulldozers. I feel that those emotions are a part of us as human beings and that those are important and that instead of stepping back from them, we should recognize that we have different modalities of being. We have that passionate modality where we are engaged with the world around us, where we fight for what we believe in, where we stand up for principles, where we connect emotionally with our loved ones, and where we try to love more and better and help other people do the same. But I also feel like there's the modality where we can come into the forest and just be. Another way of saying it is, when I come up to the forest, I can let go of all of the things that I need to do when I'm down in the city to make money and to uphold my responsibilities and to communicate with other people and to avoid certain situations that I, that I don't want to be in and to do the work, to eat the food, to clean the house. There are so many things that I need to do and all of those things are, are also a part of being human. We do in order to keep our bodies alive and healthy. We do in order to maintain the relationships that we have with other people and with our possessions and with our place of dwelling. We do. That is part of what we are. But also in doing, we, we become stimulated, perhaps even overstimulated. And when I come into the forest, I no longer need to do. I am taken care of by the present moment and by the trees and by the birds around me. I am simply a part of the landscape. And I can switch modes. I can switch to simply being, paying attention to the thoughts that I have and sharing them with you. And it seems to me important to be able to switch back and forth between those two modes as the situation calls for. And perhaps even to start recognizing when one mode becomes too dominant so that you can switch to the other. And I think finally for me, the way in which the surrounding world becomes a part of us, the way in which we incorporate into ourselves the food that we eat and the air that we breathe and the emotional context of the world around us in the same way that, that we are 
a part of the sunrise. We look out into the universe and we see that the life that is so widespread and so variegated and so amazing is the same life as that which is in us. It's the same. We're animated by the same life force that created the universe. Perhaps that, that is the universe. We're the same as that thing. And so one of the goals of the Dead Man's Forest is to behold that universal life force as often as possibly, to understand it as much as possible, to touch it as intimately as possible. And part of that process, I think, is recognizing how it is in us as well. And just as the apple becomes a part of us, someday we will die and become a part of this, become a part of this forest, this landscape, this earth that has been our home for all those years. Earlier I mentioned that I would bring the concept of ego back into this conversation as well. I think that when we are in our cities and we are so busy doing and there is so much noise and distraction influencing us and we have so many responsibilities, so many things that we need to do to take care of ourselves and, and our possessions, to maintain our relationships, that we forget that we are connected to the world around us. Our cities give us the impression, and again, we take it into ourselves, we internalize it. Our cities give us the impression that we are separate, that we stand alone, that we are human beings and that nature is out there and that we are all that's in here. And I think that false impression that we get from living too long and too deeply in civilization, I think that creates a void in us, a void where we should be connected to the world around us and instead we feel separate from it. We feel alone and we feel lonely. And ego is the construct that we collectively create to try to fill that void. Ego is the things we acquire, our possessions that we identify with, that we take pride in, and that we feel that if we lost them, people would think less of us. Ego, too, is our status, is our sense of what other people think of us. Ego is how we dress, our fashion sense, how we present ourselves in professional meetings. Ego is all of these layers of defense that we build to shield this hole that we sense in ourselves that can only be filled by recognizing and reflecting on the fact that you are the same as everything around you. You are the same as the trees in the sky. You are the same as the spider in her web. You are the sunlight falling on the forest floor and you are the shadow. You are the same as the birds who are chirping at you from the nearby branches of the trees. And even the flies that buzz around your head while you're recording in the forest. And I think that noticing those things as they come into you, as they become a part of your experience, of your consciousness, of your awareness, that fills that void when you understand that you can never be alone, 
because you are a part of everything. And just as everything that surrounds me right now and everything that surrounds you right now, wherever you're sitting or standing or lying down, everything belongs and so do you. And when we recognize that truth, it seems a little easier to let go of that egoic construct that we spend so much time and energy building around ourselves and gathering within us. Last week I said I didn't know if the ego was a bad thing. I think there are good, good outcomes of human civilization because participating in civilization is something human. It's something that we seem to be meant to do. I don't know that we can truly live without some harm to the world around us. I don't know if anything can. The constant state of the universe seems to be one of change, of constant destruction and creation. And since we are a part of everything, and everything is participating in destruction and creation, so too are we. I wonder if too often in our civilization we are focused on creating the wrong things, creating value, creating money, creating wealth, instead of creating connection, creating beauty, creating good people, wise people. It is my hope that the Dead Man's Forest can contribute to the creation of something good. I hope that it contributes to a good in your life. It has certainly contributed to a good in mine. I think that's a good place to wrap up for today. I'd be very interested to hear what you have to say about today's conversation. Please send your thoughts to me by stopping by our website, deadmansforest.org. There's a contact form down at the bottom of the page. You can also feel free to shoot us a quick note on Twitter at deadmansforest1. Thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in the conversation. I am immensely grateful for you. And of course... I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.